0: I come to the garden alone
1: sometime when Adam and Eve walked with the Lord in the cool of the evening in the garden. What a wonderful time that was, and a wonderful time it is and will be for us. Jesus
2: chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, the power of the air, The Spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus ye, who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinance, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Amen. Amen.
1: Return with me this morning to the 8th chapter of Romans. This will be our home base scripture, if you will. I think uh, we've all pretty much been here for the last few lessons uh, that we have titled, The Law of the Spirit of Life. So, uh, a lot of the uh, beginning I won't go over. We have been looking... At the second verse of the 8th chapter of Romans, in the first chapter, remember, uh, Paul said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And we've dwelt on that psalm, being in Christ Jesus. And we are in Him, in faith. We are trusting in Him, relying on Him in His word, as we walk this walk, or live this, this life in and for Him. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. These are two principles or laws of God's Word that we've been looking into. One is... Uh, a principle that you were born into, a principle or a law that is in your members, in your flesh because of the fallen nature that you inherited from Adam and Eve's fall in that garden where they previously walked with God in the cool of the evening before they rebelled against Him and brought upon all of us this fallen nature. This corruption that we were born into. That is the law of sin and death. God declared it in the Garden of Eden, and it's always been so. Praise God that the law of the Spirit of life has set us free from that law or that principle that we've had to live with our entire life because we were born into it. All right? So, God declared it. In the Garden of Eden, when he said, In the day that you eat thereof, speaking of the fruit uh, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that grew in the midst of the garden, along with, you know, also in the midst of the garden was the tree of life. They partook of that fruit, and God's word is always true. His promise has always come to fruition, and it happened. He said, In the day that you eat thereof, that day you shall surely die. Or be separated from me. Be separated from God. And they were. Okay. So we have that principle in our members, as Paul puts it in other places. We were born with that nature that we live with. That nature has a barrier between it and a holy, righteous, and perfect God because of sin. What the sin cause? Separation. Alright? So we've looked at... The law of the spirit uh, of the Holy Spirit. We've looked at the fact that the Holy Spirit is the author of the gospel, the author author of the whole Bible. Men of old uh, wrote down these words as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. How do I know that? How do I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me? Because I believed it. Because I have faith that the Holy Spirit of God has. Freely given me. And I trust in him and his word. Alright. This gospel is made effectual. And we experience the power of it when the Holy Spirit makes it effectual to us. Alright. The law of the spirit of life is the means by which, and Brother Jane read it to us, we are quickened Once we were dead in trespasses and sins or separated from God. But God. I love those words. When he read them, it, it causes me to light up. But God. I'm a sinner. I'm without hope. But God loved me anyway. Wow. What a Savior. He loved me anyway. We look at the daily application of God's Word and how we need it how it's spiritual food. Jesus Christ is the Word. We're told that He is the Word. When we partake of His Word, we're partaking of Him. He Himself proclaimed, I am the true manna. Yes, that manna in the desert that uh, Moses didn't give it to you, my Father gave it to you, but it represented me. It represented Jesus Christ. He is the true manna. As we partake of His Word, we're partaking of Him. The daily application of God's Word is it's applied to us as we read it in our need. Let me say that again in a better way. The Spirit of God applies His Word to us as we partake of it or read it in our need. Or with our need in mind, with our worries uh, in mind, our anxieties in mind, our fears, our doubts When we read this book, the Spirit of God applies it to us. He spiritually nourishes that spiritual side that we gained when we were quickened, who were once dead in trespasses and sins, or made alive. We know that that's what that means. It means to be made alive. Or are we weak? Take your weakness to the Word of God in faith. Faith in Jesus Christ to deliver what you need. He knows already. He knows what you need before you come to Him in prayer and study. But that's where the strength resides, you see, in prayer and partaking of the Word of God. All right. We're going to keep moving. We looked a little bit at the law of confession. You still have this fallen nature within you Though you have a new nature now, a new nature from the Spirit of God, and because the Spirit of God is actually within you, and we're going to look at that a little more later, and how important it is that we confess our sins to the Lord. You see, if we hide them, then we're acting like we don't have any sin, and we make God a liar. Because all have sinned and fallen short. Starting with me, all. All are in need of Him. All through the Old Testament confession. They had to come to the high priest. But praise God, now the Lord, by becoming our high priest and sacrificing Himself on the cross of Calvary, has done away for the need of a human priest. We have Him now, and we have direct access to Him because of the price He paid and satisfied the God, God the Father on our behalf with. God's Word is powerful. It's powerful when we read it, when we study it, when we meditate on it. It's powerful when we speak it. It's powerful. God, the Holy Spirit, makes it alive. He did that when He saved you. He made the Word alive to you. It was no longer just black words on white pages. He come to life. And you experienced that by feeding on it and being strengthened and drawn closer to the Lord. Alright. I'm going to read on down. Verse 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through flesh in other words not one human could keep the law only one I should say only one human could keep the law and that was Jesus Christ it was weak through the flesh but he didn't inherit that nature and he lived his 33 and a half years with no sin for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh but White out the sinful there. Because he wasn't. What did he do? He came for sin and he condemned sin in the flesh. You see, he has accomplished what none of us could do for ourselves. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. How is the righteousness of the law fulfilled in us if we can't keep it? Because we're standing on the rock of our salvation, you see. He kept it for us. Again, I say, what a Savior. That the righteousness of the law, verse 4, Romans chapter 8, might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death or separation, but to be spiritually minded is life, a connection with God and peace that Jesus Christ bought for us. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, remember He who minds the things of the flesh, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Why? Because it's sinful. And sin displeases a holy and righteous God, doesn't it? Sin produces death or separation. All right. Let's look at verse 7. Carnally minded versus spiritually minded. Okay. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, hatred for God, of dislike, Uh, a disapproval of God having rule over it. We're talking about the carnal mind here. The carnal mind is enmity against God, separated from, can't reach through and make a connection to God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. All right. When the Lord saved you, He put His Spirit within you. We see that in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26 where He says, A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. That's what He's done when He saved you. He's put a new heart Within you. This heart loves God. This heart is not sinful. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Now, notice the little word after. After. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. In other words, we're going to keep the law perfectly. No, not yet. But we will when we shed this old carnality and continue our eternal life with the Lord. Those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. What came first? the Spirit entering you and showing you the truth of Jesus Christ? Or are you walking and living for God? Well, how did it work for Lazarus? Lazarus was dead and in the tomb, wasn't he? Four days, the Bible tells us. Started decomposition. Even his sister said, Don't open that. because of that. Did Lazarus get up when his spirit was separated from his body? The body don't move. Why? Because the spirit's not there. Let me tell you, the child of God doesn't move until the spirit's there either. We need to recognize and give the spirit his due, don't we? We need to give the glory to God. All of it, not part of it. The Spirit of God moved. Oh, I love that part in Genesis. In the creation, the Spirit of God moved and things happened. That's what happened to me when He saved my soul, praise God. He moved on my heart and in my mind. Verse 4 that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. After the Spirit. The Spirit was after me. And I don't mean in time. I remember when I was a kid, I'd run in the house and I'd tell mama something's after me. Something's coming to get me. I'm having to run. Something's after me. Praise God. He sent His Holy Spirit after me. And He caught me. Praise God. As we preach the Word of God to the world, we really are fishers of men. But it's the Holy Spirit that does the apprehending, if you will, the catching of the soul. The Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 1 and 3. 1 through 3. I know Brother Gene read it to us already. Go over again. You hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. How did he do that? He put life inside you where there was no life. He made a connection with you from God where there was no connection. He gave you life. The Spirit of God. I tell you, we can rejoice in that, can't we? That brings joy to my heart to know that it wasn't up to me because I couldn't do it. Praise God that He showed me that. He revealed that to me. I'm God, you're not. I have all power and authority in heaven and earth that's been given unto me. If I choose you to be a vessel to honor, it's my doing. God's in control, you see. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in times past, you walked according to the course of this world. Let me tell you. Walking according to the course of this world is a dangerous place to walk. And there's reasons for that. Verse 2, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's been allowed to control the systems of this world? Who's been allowed to control the influences of, well, for lack of, Think of a better word. Hollywood are all of the influences that will pull God's children away from Him and into the ways of this world. It's our enemy. It's Him. we in times past. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. What spirit is working within you today? It's the Spirit of God, if you trust in Him. And if you know that He hung on the cross for you personally. He had you in mind. Verse 3 says, Among whom also we all had our conversation, or our ways of being, or our walk, our daily walk, in the lust of our flesh and fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the carnal mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God. But God intervened. But God stood between. The Son of God stood between. His children that He loved before the foundation of the world and the holy, righteous, perfect judgment of God the Father. He took our place. What a Savior. In times past you walked or lived according to the course of this world. What's wrong with the way of the world? Well, to begin with, It's led by the prince of the power of the air or Satan himself. The law of sin and death. He was a part of that. He was a part of that. He tempted Eve to partake of the fruit. He twisted God's word. It's the same enemy. He hasn't changed. He'll twist God's word today. And in your carnal mind, tempt you to think, did God really say that? That's kind of harsh. I'm... A good God, he, he wouldn't be harsh like that. But you see, that's a falsehood designed to tempt you into disobeying God. Now turn with me to Hebrews, and I'll close here in Hebrews. Also chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 8. Just breaking in my new Bible that I love. Verse 4. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 4. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. And we already pointed that out, right? Those priests are no longer needed because Jesus Christ has become our higher priest. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle... For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. We have a pattern, don't we? We do. We have a description of a way of life that we live in this book. But now, verse 6, hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, a new covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. But it wasn't faultless. Why was it not faultless? Because it was weak through the flesh. Remember, we talked about the law being weak through the flesh. No one could keep it. Verse 8, For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant. And I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Verse 10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Praise God, who freely gives us life. And that is life eternal. He provides everything that we need, doesn't He? He absolutely does. The law of the Spirit of life, praise God, has set me free from that law of sin and death.